We are Gold Ivy, a health company dedicated to simplifying health and wellness. Tune in as we search to find the deep, real, and raw truth. We're here to talk big, no room for small talk. It is our mission to inspire, seek growth, simplify the action steps, and build confidence. You decide what works for your daily life and how to transform our lessons into your gold. Are you ready to step into your power? Now is the time. Join us on the fearless pursuit of self-discovery and growth. This is Ivy Unleashed, a Gold Ivy production. Hi, I'm Britt, the creator and founder of PNTY, granola bars that say please and thank you. I started this company to remind people the power of manners and respect. Even when we don't agree with someone or care for them, we can still show them respect. And through that respect, we can strengthen our community. We love your granola and bars, and their names are so cute. The Golden Rule, Pardon Me, You're Welcome, Sharing is Caring. We're curious why you decided to share this message with granola bars specifically. It's a fun, easy, daily way to share an important message. My products are especially crafted in a way to be inherently good for you. Pantry-friendly ingredients, well-balanced, and packaged in an earth-friendly way. It's full circle. Take care of yourself. Be mindful of your community. Think about your earth. They are simply a daily reminder of that. Love that. Your Yes Please Granola has officially made me a breakfast person. It's hands down the best granola I've ever had. I pair it with Greek yogurt, berries, and chia, and I look forward to it every morning with my coffee. I love that it's gut-friendly, being gluten-free, and has a dairy-free option, too. Britt, where can our listeners find your delicious granola, and what kind of deal can you give them? You can find me on Instagram at ptygranolaco, and order from my shop page, www ptygranolacompany.com. Ivy Unleashed listeners can use this promo code GOLDIVY at checkout for a 10% discount. Amazing. Thank you, Britt. Nice use of manners, Brooke. Thank you. <laughs> I truly treasure new connections and I'm so excited when I get to make granola bars and I'm able to share a snack food that I believe wholeheartedly in. So grab my granola bars and granola whenever you want, but make sure to use your manners. Please and thank you. We're pumped you're back and tuning in for more of Ray Law's thoughts and life lessons. In part two, you'll hear Ray's process of building self-trust, more on his experience with 75 hard, his interest in other people's experience and his own with losing 100 plus pounds, and his take on masculinity and pornography. And if you missed part one and want some good laughs and inspiration, go back and check out episode 94. And heads up, there's a lot of adult language in these two episodes with Ray. The man can't help but cuss. It's in his DNA. He's just a passionate man. It's entertaining and funny. What can we say? If you're entertained and inspired from this episode or any others, please drop us five stars and leave a review. It is a small act that exponentially helps us out. And now to today's episode with the one and only Ray Law. I know this is true for fitness and I read it somewhere too about just like life. Like a third of your workouts are going to be really, really good. A third are going to be normal that you don't even notice anything. And a third are going to suck. And I think that's true with like your day. Like there's 365 days in a year, right? So that means 121 of them are guaranteed to be awful. <laughs> so just accept that. Like it's going to there and they could stretch together for two months, mm -hmm. but then there's going to be those 120 days that are like 
it's just a day. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be those 120 days where like, this is sweet. Mm-hmm. Like I want more of these, but it's like, do you just have to accept that there's going to be shitty days? Not every day is going to be good. Well, and you need those shitty days to feel what it's like to have a good day and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the other thing too, is like practicing grad. I'm trying so hard to like <laughs> on this meditation thing, which is part of the problems that I'm trying to do good at it which is the exact opposite of what you're trying to do. I understand this. Um, Trying to not think. Right. But that's helped me. Because what I notice when I get done with the stupid headspace thing I do every day is like I'll notice something that feels good like right Mm -hmm. away. And that I never used to like find the good first. I'd always see like the problem first. But I'm starting to see like the good first and that's making life exponentially easier. Mm -hmm. It just shows you it's a practice. Yeah, you have to. You physically... With how shitty the media is and social media, like you have to f- search for the good. Well, and you also have to be aware and consciously choose what you're consuming. Yeah. Food, media, like you have a choice. You don't have to watch the news. Like people will tell you what's going on in the world. We have a rule in our house. It, you are not allowed to watch the news on any of our TVs, period. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Like my parents will come over and they'll flip it on, turn it off. Yeah. And like we'll get in fights about it. I'm like, turn it off or leave. We have that too. Like, Garbage. I don't kick anybody out, but it, you know, oh, let's turn it off. Turn it off or leave. <laughs> like your choice. Absolutely not. So it's called Maximitas Podcast. Yep. What are you hoping to get out of your experience as a host? No clue. I have zero agenda for it. Really. Like, that's why I haven't been like super stringent about like doing Monday, Friday. Like if I feel like I have something to say, I can walk downstairs, plug in my MacBook and say it. And like Mm -hmm. just exposing people to different, mostly wellness related stuff, Mm -hmm. exposing more people to like different things and different people who have different opinions um, and then, then I've got a laundry list of people that I'm scheduling right now of like people who have lost over a hundred pounds. Cause I want to normalize that. Cause it is normal. It's not normal to be a hundred pounds overweight. Mm-hmm. It's normal to want to lose a hundred pounds a night. So I want to try to, I'm going to do everything in my power to normalize that. Well, and your proof that, you know, in case people didn't hear right, he was also on episode 13. You have lost a hundred pounds. Correct. Well, it's like 97 because I'm a little fat right now. Okay. But yeah, I mean, so just what is your connection to those people? Obviously, besides the scale, like what do you feel like when someone sits down to you that's lost that amount of weight like you? Like, what is that like? What I'm about to say is going to blow your mind because I thought about this when (laughs) I was uh, walking today. It's like when I see someone or I'm talking to someone, like I think in my head, I was like, what happened to you that hurt you so bad when you were little? And I start to look at them like they're a little kid now instead of like, they're not an adult. Well, they are, but they're a little kid who had, is trying, they're doing something with food to protect themselves. So what is it? Mm-hmm. And so I feel bad, the empathy, like it's not, I don't feel bad for people because I'm like, you're still doing this to yourself and you're an adult. There's 10 bazillion resources in the world. Like when you're ready, you're the only person stopping you. So there's a lot of empathy. Like when I see, like not feel bad, but I just, I'm like, I get it. Like it sucks. But then when you see people like going through it, and getting to the other side of it and they don't even like you could replay like the recording of you having your first conversation and they wouldn't recognize who that person is that's mm-hmm. talking to them and i think that's what i want people to hear is like how much better their life is and like people are like being morbidly obese is not normal i know people are trying to like make people feel good about it but it's not like have you seen a picture of the beach from like miami from like the 70s there's not a single person obese on there. Now it's, it's okay, whatever. <laughs> Moving forward. 
You're, it's the health risks that are tied Correct. to that. And, but not even the, the mental side of it. Could you imagine? Well, that's health too, I think, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah, mental health. Yeah. When me and Jolene were first married, like I didn't want to have sex with her on our honeymoon because I felt so gross. How we, like, that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, like not being able to go on a roller coaster ride with your kid because you can't fit on it. Like that's a, that's harder than going to the gym and it's harder than not eating a tub of ice cream at night that like, that's devastating. Mm-hmm. So it's like that, like I get how awful your life is like in a year, all that's gone. Yeah. Those are the feelings you have to tap into yeah. when we talked about feelings earlier, like yeah. there's feelings that are going to drive you forward and there's things that are, that are going to keep you stuck yep. and know which ones to use to your benefit. I had a conversation with a potential client about that. She needs to lose like 150 pounds. I'm like, When's the last time you enjoyed having sex with your husband? Dead silence on the phone for seven minutes and 12 seconds. (laughs) I made her sit with it. It's a pretty personal question. I was like, I have 40. I'd probably be like, none of your business and hang up. (laughs) But she's not ready to change. Right. But I see. (laughs) But you're you're getting. But this was like 20 minutes into the conversation. So like we were rapport as well established. Yeah. And I'm like, can I now ask you? I asked this. I'm like, can I now ask you some personal questions? Mm -hmm. And sat with it the whole time because I'm like, hey, another 30 minutes. I need to get this walk done. I have nothing to do. She didn't hang up. She didn't hang up. Wow. Well, I think, you know, if you're listening and you do feel like Ray could be the right fit, I know that you do basically screening with people too. Like you're not going to take any client, but you look at him and you wouldn't know that he's lost this much weight or has been through what he's been through, but you've been through a lot and you have had a lot of mental battles yourself. You know what it's like to be miserable. Like if you guys start following Ray, Ray T. Law, you'll see he'll post this picture that is the mi- most miserable looking human being I've ever seen in my life <laughs> when you were in college. Was it the, is it the. You're like looking in the mirror and you're like. No, that wasn't a mirror. That was my dad took that picture for me. Oh my gosh. It's like the most mis- miserable picture where you can just tell he feels so terrible about himself and it's completely transformed. But it's not just the physical work. You've done so much mental work. Yeah. The mental work's been recent, like the last three years. Yeah. The physical stuff is easy because it's just like do this this will happen no matter what, because it's math. So do you feel like if someone works with you to lose hundred pounds, they also need a therapist or do you feel like you as their coach can kind of, no, I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole. Like <laughs> I'll talk with people where they're like disinterested. Like people hit that. Like you hit six months, you get seduced by the success. I've lost 60 pounds, but like realistically you probably got another 60 to go and the initial goal is a hundred and like they start to like justify things. Mm-hmm. And then I'll start to have, I'll like, I'll have a conversation. I'll bring up like, I have a client who finally we've been working together, like intimately, like he comes to my house every day, well, three days a week, like during the pandemic, we were rocking together every day. He finally in the last two weeks told me why he wants to lose weight. After and six months, after two years or two years. Wow. Yeah. And so now that I have that needle, mm-hmm. he didn't know, or he was he just not sharing? He just wasn't sharing. Okay. Because yeah. we had a conversation. It was two weeks ago. I won't say his name, but I said, look, I'm done. I'm like, I love you to death, but I can't do this anymore. And I said, so you're either in or you're out. Today's going to be our last session. You're like, it's not me. It's actually you. It's <laughs> <And laughs> literally what I was thinking. <laughs> Sorry, it's not funny. No, and I, I said, I go, maybe I'm not the right person for you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, you're the only person that I've never quit on. And then I was like, okay, let's build on that. Why? Why the fuck are you here? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, you'll get to 299 and then six weeks later, you're 330 again. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. 
And so like we had a good conversation. And if I said it would identify who he is too easy to people who know me and he's been on a roll. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's identifying what that internal conflict is. Cause when you know what you want, what you have to do, but you're not doing it, it's like what's getting in the way. Yeah. And that's what needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. Yeah. Like it's not easy, but like easy doesn't pay well. Well, also I think people look at you and think, well, he's just a freak of nature and, jumps out of bed with a smile on his face and does all these things. But I, I love that you talk about how challenging it can be that you have these ruts that you get into. You've done 75 hard and you haven't, I didn't realize you haven't done it yet, which makes sense because it's so long, so many days, but it's, it's not easy for you. And that's why you keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. And setting up ways to make hard things easier is a thing I've learned in like the past month. Like I have and my alarm when it goes off, it doesn't say like alarm. It says your family's counting on you. Mm. Ooh. So it's like, I'm not going to hit snooze on that at 345. Like the background on my phone says discipline equals freedom. And like, I didn't understand what that meant to me up until probably a couple days ago. Um, like the discipline, like if I do the things I need to do on a daily basis, I have the freedom to do whatever the hell I want some of the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people understand that. I think they have to get to the point where they understand. And, and it, that it desire took me too. 37 yeah. years, 11 months and 20 days. And I, I think, and that's trying to work at it for the last mm-hmm. 10 years. But I think that's like where people, I think get the wrong impression of me is like, it's all, you know, I'm a pound my fist. Yeah. Like I, I, I couldn't tell you the last time I yelled. Like I don't, and my dad's a yeller. Like he has a shirt. He says, I love be- I yell because I care <laughs> from one of his players. And when I trust you and you're bought in, like I will do anything for you. And that's what I'm starting to learn to do for myself too. Mm-hmm. So that's powerful. That's I think what's important to note too, is like, as we sit here and talk as coaches, like we are showing that we are still obsessed with the, relentless pursuit of figuring out what the hell makes us happy and whole and what we want to be doing and that there isn't an end point like it's the pursuit for a reason and so whenever whoever is listening know like all that matters is that you start and you're doing something to better yourself and falling in love with that process is a lot easier said than done but as you start getting these wins you start building that trust in yourself and the confidence that okay, I do deserve this. I am worthy. I think we think we need the motivation, but you start and then the motivation comes. And people think it doesn't have to be hard, but I think raise an example of when it is hard and you do it, that's building trust. Like it doesn't have to, like, it's not easy. And and knowing like it's not going to be easy. Like it shouldn't be easy. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Well, Mm -hmm. and the thing, when's the last, like even look at your kids. When's the last time they opened the fridge and they were excited about it? It's not hard to open the fridge, but like Knox picked up a kettlebell that weighs like 20 pounds more than him. And he was pumped because <laughs> he's never been able to do it. And it's, that's hard for him. Or like, you know, now that you've ran a marathon, are you going to be like super proud of yourself for jogging a 5k? No. no, no, I'm like, fuck, I can't even walk or I can't even <laughs> run a mile today. It was tough. Right. But it's like easy things don't feel good when they're done. I mean, like, there's so many things I want to say in the sexual realm about like that, but 
because that's been another area I've dove into because it's fascinating. Um, but it's just like nothing easy feels good when it's done. And I can think, you just go there? Because I feel like I already have to put a swear warning on this episode. <laughs> pursuing someone, mm-hmm. right? And then like you date and you hook up and you have sex. Like you feel really good about that. Like when's like if you hooked up with a random at a bar, <laughs> like it wasn't hard, obviously. Yeah. So you're saying the challenging pursuit is what's rewarding. Right. The yeah. pursuit is what's rewarding. It's yeah. not the uh, the outcome. Mm-hmm. Like watching my wife chase two kids around and work in a full day. I'm like, if I can make this happen, <laughs> there's something good going on. Just don't get a headache. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, like that's, or, you know, do I, cause I know this happens cause I've again been deep diving on this, like spend the hundred bucks and go to some prostitute. It's easier. It's way easier. Mm-hmm but it's not going to feel good. Yeah. That's a good point. Cause like why I've dug into this is like, cause I think part of, we talked about this a little bit, like of how men don't know how to be men anymore. And like what masculinity is and the, the weird word toxic masculinity that I could, we'll talk about af- off air. <laughs> but I think a lot of it is like young men, like teenagers, like exposed to porn at super easy. Right. Mm hmm. And then they think that's what sex is and that's what they expect. And so then they have this opinion of this, like what you see in porn, how that sex is, is this is how women get treated and this is how they get talked to and look how much it excites them. Mm. And that's why I've kind of dug into the psychology around porn because of like, I don't want that to happen to Knox. So that's why I've dug into this and like, and why I'll, we'll talk about this later because I think I haven't had my full thoughts converge on this yet about what I think the problem is but I think that's part of the problem Mm -hmm. is the porn industry and how that um, portrays women and how that portrays sex and then you know because if you've ever like looked at porn watch like a normal porn thing and then find like a porn video that's made for women it's completely different and that's why like the easy thing and I think that's part of it is because now Young males think that this is easy. They don't have to be providers. They don't have to be strong. They don't have to be capable. They don't have to be confident because look how easy it is to get laid. Or respectful. Right. A decent human. <laughs> have like a conversation. Like right, be able right. to talk. Like, because they don't think it's a necessary skill because of what they're seeing so readily available. Mm-hmm. Like, That's you can. Such a good point. You can watch porn in five seconds. Well, and women, in order to get an orgasm, like, it's, we're way more in our head. And so having the conversation is like foreplay, yep. <laughs> you know, not what you'd see in porn. Right. It's not like the pizza boy comes over and has a deep chat. Yeah. All of a sudden <laughs> there's like three milfs taking off their clothes. Like that's not what happens guys. Like, I'd be like, get that gluten and dairy the hell away from me. <laughs> At this point I'd be like, just give me the pizza. <laughs> good. No, that's such a good point though, because I think you can see that in any area of life of what you work hard for the feeling of accomplishing it means so much, but it's the little increments that you do along the way that you're proud of yourself for. Correct. Like I think running the marathon, I was super proud, but it was the 20 miles that I ran on a treadmill. But I was like, hell yeah. Like I was more proud of myself for doing that. So great point. Mm -hmm. Look on that. There's training runs that I have that are one bazillion times more rewarding than any race I've ever done. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's the constant showing up for yourself. I think that's what I loved about training was I have to do this 
or I'm not going to finish the race. And I don't want to be that girl that doesn't finish. Right. So I'm going to show up for myself now. It forces you to get to build that trust. And I think going back to your previous question, you asked a little bit ago and I rambled. Um, it's probably like a half hour ago now. <laughs> um, but the neck surgery, there is no more like I have to do this. It's like I get because I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Like I might start crying because. It's okay. Like my whole, like shattered. Like they said, I might never like be able to like deadlift or pick up anything over 225 pounds again. Or you might not be able to hold your kids like above your sternum ever again. Or, you know, you're not going to be able to do jujitsu for over a year, if ever. You're not going to be able to, you know, do X, Y, Z, all these different things. You're not going to be able to pull your bow back anymore. And having that taken away or having that possibility it was taken away. And I think part of my spiral was I started to believe it because things weren't happening as fast as I wanted to. And now I'm going to have to run for like, get to run for like seven hours this weekend. And I'm not even dreading it. But two years ago when I had to do an eight hour training run by myself, I had to take work off on Friday because I was too worried about it. And then I took work off on Monday because I didn't know what was going to be going on. But now it's just like, I get to do this. So. Okay, that makes a lot more sense why you'd still do a jiu-jitsu tournament right before a 40-mile run. Because I was like, are you self-sabotaging? But you're like, this is a privilege that I even get the chance to do this, it sounds like. Well, right. And like, I was talking to the guys at jiu-jitsu today. It's like, my, like a lot of people use jiu-jitsu as like their hobby. And it's like what they do. And it's, and for a lot of people, it's who they are. Like they'll attach mm-hmm. their identity to rolling around in their pajamas with a bunch of dudes and like sweating in each other's mouth. Like, cool. Like if it's your job and I understand I'm very passionate about my hobbies too, but I said, I said to one of them, um, I was just like, it's part of what I do. It's not my main thing. It's like third on my hobby priority list. And that's another thing. It's like, I'm, I'm starting to accept that, you know what? I'm a really good fucking personal trainer. I'm good at it. Um, and I'm good at helping people get to their goals. And I didn't believe that before. And that's now part of my identity that I finally accepted. And then the other part I was accepted too is like, okay, I'm still competing. So I'm still an athlete. So I have to remember that too. And those two things, like I didn't think are, were part of me. So the reason I didn't talk about a lot of those things or, you know, I, I'm not the guy posting like workouts every day on social media is because I didn't believe that I was worth listening to. So I think a lot of this has been, you know, this last year of just this culmination of perfect storms happening. And I probably needed it to happen. But yeah, it's like I I'm embracing like what I'm good at now. I know what I'm not good at. Self-worth. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, there's some of that. Um, Jolene's really good at beating that into my head. <laughs> And I'm finally starting to listen to her. So mm-hmm. Good. Ray, thank you for being with us. We'll yeah. have you back on many times because clearly we could talk for hours and hours and hours. And now we're grateful that you have your own show that people can go follow and get more of you. So where can they find your show and you on socials? Uh, social is Ray T. Law. Uh, also, law.firm.fitness, but that's just kind of there so I can own that name. And then the Maximitas podcast, but the only time I post on there is when I post a podcast which i need to get better at and where is your podcast on all of the fun things wherever you can find podcasts correct maximitas yep and if you want more of me i was on an episode which episode was i three three, three oh yeah why maximitas 
Where's that name come from? Uh, so I'm probably going to butcher this too. Um, <laughs> it's like the pers- it, in Latin or one of those old languages. It's the pursuit of being an excellent human is basically the cliff notes. We're all about the pursuit if you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ray. So now it's time for your three gold stars. First one I would say is do things that scare you and don't think like act. That would be number one. Number two, I would say learn how to kick yourself in the ass, but then learn how to give yourself a hug and then believe people when they're telling you good things about yourself. Mm. Like take the compliment. Yeah. Mm. That's a good one. Okay. I got to think of my question. Still working on that part though. It's hard. (laughs) I feel like that ties into self-worth too. You know, of like, no, I'm not. Or like the deflecting of, oh, this, like, your house looks really nice. And I'm like, oh, I have so many things I want to do that I want to fix that. Like, yeah. I, have to, I have to explain what I'm going to do because it's not perfect yet. Well, Ed talks about, like, your thermostat. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm, I want my thermostat running at, like, 125 degrees. <laughs> um, and I, when I read that chapter in that book, I know, like, my self-limiting thermostat has been set at, like, 75 degrees. And like when I like was cooking in 2020, like I was running at 125 mm-hmm. and then like, it was just that I didn't believe I belong there. So let's, let's crank that back and be comfortable again. Yeah. So. That's powerful. Oh, Ed. So we recently had on your wife, Jolene okay. and you two have a very strong relationship and you talked earlier about how she encourages you, but you also kind of have some tough love. So how do you guys manage the balance of the tough love and encouraging each other? Good question. That was learned. How? Uh, <laughs> Elaborate. Like when we were dating, engaged, like we go to the gym together and we weren't the best at communicating at like the stuff that needs to be like said, but not great at it. Like she'd like leave the gym crying. Like I would just like correct her technique and like she'd leave the gym crying We've worked on that. It's much better now. Um, now she just yells at me for like the workout being too hard or something, <laughs> or she can't walk the next day. But like we, I think, do a really good job at checking in with each other. We we have an agreement now. If something's bothering us, you don't sleep on it. It's we're talking about it tonight. Um, that helps. And then I just think knowing each other, like we know which buttons to push when, and we know kind of like based off of like how things are going in the house what the other person needs and we're good at just like interjecting ourselves and just kind of be like okay go over here so in this last rut of yours was she like she was in it with me okay and that's why she's finishing 75 hard too we were there together i mean it was like yeah, it was fun to like you know get a little buzz together every night after the kids went to bed but it was like you know, it turned into a little buzz being like her drinking a bottle of wine, me drinking half a bottle of whiskey. And like we were in the rut together. Um, and then seeing her pull her head out of her ass, like kind of inspired me to do the same thing. And I've told her every day, I'm like, I want to quit. Like I, I hate every day. It's she's just like, well, you don't have to, but you, you're choosing to do this. And like, I'm like, okay, I'll make it one more day. And that's kind of like been my thing every time. I was like, okay, let's just make it one more day. <laughs> Which is what Ed Milet says too, is yeah. like his dad being sober was just... I'm just focusing and on that's today. Where I got that kind of. Yeah. And I even think about that too with my health journey is like, I have to be super strict on the foods I eat to feel good and not just become a part of who I am, but it's just focusing on today, not the wedding that I'm going to go to and what I'm going to eat. And if I'm going to drink, it's like, nope, just being in the moment in today. I think that's something that's been super helpful for me. Yeah. Okay. My question has to do with 75 hearts since we're on this topic. Okay. 
I know a lot of people, they like the idea of going all in, like New Year's resolution, new month, new start, and then they get burnt out. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious how 75 hard, like how you're making it work for you. Well, I have my morning routine and that knocks out like three of the tasks right away. So I go to the bathroom, go into my office, light my candle. We, I think we talked about this. I'm obsessed with candles. What's your signature scent? This uh, bourbon pumpkin pie. Of course one. it's bourbon. <laughs> it's bourbon pumpkin guess. pie. It's, it, <laughs> but it smells like candied pecans. I'm surprised it's not like gun smell. <laughs> bourbon and guns. Um, so that that's my go-to right now. Okay, so you light your candle. You pee, you light your candle. Go, and Then I walk upstairs, and grab my energy drink because I, okay. I can't drink coffee because I'm allergic to it. And then when I come downstairs, like my office smells like the candle. So, and then I read. And then after I read, I take my progress picture. So... I got the reading done. I got the progress picture done. And then I could take my happy ass on a walk or a run. That's like the first thing I do. So like by 530 in the morning, all I have left is one workout that's 45 minutes long. And then like just making sure I don't fuck up on the other things. So there's been a couple days where that didn't happen. And it like threw off my whole, it was chaos. It was power of the morning routine, baby. Pure chaos. Like I felt so disheveled the whole Mm -hmm. day. And like, it was a super easy day at work and I was just like scatterbrained. And I'm like that, like I'm on vacation this whole week. I have nothing to do. I woke up at four o'clock this morning to make sure like it was the same. It's so funny right now. He's talking about 75 hard because there's an ice cream truck going by and we can hear the music in the background. That's shit ice cream though. So that, that's not like my thing. But if it was like a cold stone truck going by, oh, like you yeah. have to lock me in your base. So what helps you with food? Because I think that's where a lot of people would have trouble. The other thing that people, I think, misconstrue it, it's like it, you don't have to be doing it to like lose weight, right? There's people who will be like, okay, I'm not going to do like, I'm not going to do like any sweets. Like I'm just going to eat like whole 30, not measuring portions. They're just eating like those foods. Cause like, you pick the diet. You pick the diet. Mm-hmm. So like for myself, I use flexible dieting. Like, It works for me and I like having that control, but also the freedom that it gives to and adding in this new training stimulus. That's 20 hours of work a week. I'm like, okay, I can't live on poverty macros because I'm trying to get down to a weight class two for jujitsu and still do this and like be in one piece at the end of this. So like, I'm still tracking my macros. Um, I talked to a couple people who are high up, like in sports nutrition world. I'm like, what do I need to add back in after I'm out for like, if I'm over two hours, that's when I'll add food back in. Cause anything less than that's just not hard, but it's like, okay, they're like, take what your watch says and eat back like 70% of that in a split between like 10% of it protein and then 45 carbs, 45 fat. So like if I burn like this weekend on Sunday, I'll probably burn like 4,000 calories cause I'll be out there for like five hours. Um, so I'll just eat that food back in and like I track what I eat like on my runs because that's still food mm-hmm. and that's the other thing with hundreds is I have to retrain my stomach to be able to eat and run because um, like I'll be eating like real food like pizza and mm-hmm. so it's like I've started with a cliff bar and tailwinds like my thing first form just came out with the product though I'm gonna start trying tomorrow so that part in the food I mean food I've got a way better relationship with food now because food's weird mm-hmm. we know this it's like it's a for like athletes it's fuel but it's also a celebration. It's also a sadness thing like that people gather for those things. So it's like a weird thing. Mm-hmm. But it's like if you ask Knox if I had a piece of cake on Saturday at his birthday party, he has no idea. 
right? Like Sutton doesn't remember that I didn't have cake. Like if you, I could ask Jolene, like what flavor was the cake you made Knox four days ago? And she wouldn't remember. <laughs> so it's like, it's the people you're with. It doesn't matter if you're eating, drinking. It's just like your choice. And if people give you shit about it, like ask them a really inappropriate question. That's my new favorite thing. People want you to be in their homeostasis. Mm-hmm. All right. I have the last question, which is typically what's one thing you wish you would have known sooner, which you answered in your episode 13. But my question is for uh, the Ray seven to 10 years ago and what you wish he would have known or what you'd say to him now. Drop your ego. It's not protecting you from anything. Which is a huge thing to say, but can you elaborate a little bit more on if you would have dropped that, like what that would have brought to you? It would have allowed me to seek out help in more ways than one. I mean, there was times when I moved back from working at USC where it was I eat or the dog eats. And so like I lived on like protein shakes and like oatmeal for like three weeks because I had to buy dog food for the dogs. Ask your fucking parents for help. Like, you were in a low low spot yeah um like ask being comfortable asking for help admitting like i don't know fuck all about anything you know i think the biggest thing that's honestly helped me um jolene will probably would say this too if she was sitting next to me is like right now over the past like two years i have like a solid solid group of male friends i still talk to some of the people that are in my wedding like, I talk to Eric every now and then, but we're not, like, close. I mean, he just had a kid. Like, I have two, 48 kids, it feels like, at times. <laughs> but it's, like, I, th- I think what's helped me the most is all of my friendships now aren't based on convenience. And that's, like, in saying that, I know it sounds shitty, but, like, if you're still friends with your high school friends, you're probably doing something wrong, right? If, like, I have friends that I was friends with in college, but, like, the only reason we were friends in college is because it was convenient. They lived in the same building or they lived in the same street or we were on a football. It's like there was no substance behind the relationship. Yeah, we grew up together and we ran away from cops, underage drinking and hiding in a baseball dugout. Yeah, cool. We did that. But that's not like a top 100 life moment that I have. And that that was really hard for me to like acknowledge. Like, mm-hmm. But that's OK. Yeah. Like the relation like. Matt Browse is probably one of my best friends. Chris is one of my friends. Um, Chris is the person that hired me into the nightmare that Lifetime was. And now, like, I've made up with him about that. <laughs> like, Siobhan's one of my friends. He's 25. Like, I have no reason to be his friend. But, like, he's a great dude with a good spirit. And, like, if I called him right now, if he could, he would be here to do whatever I need. Like, and that's, I think, had a huge impact on me is, like, my relationships now are all by choice. It's not convenience. I love that. And also, what are you getting from that relationship? Is it helping you grow? Are you becoming a better person? Or are you, have you just been friends forever and you have these memories? So like you said, it's convenient because you have something to talk about. Right. And it's like me and Matt are so different in how we think about things. Um, and yet in other ways, so similar. But like he has something I am striving for. Uh, and I'm doing better with like I I'm materialistic but way better than I used to be but like he said something when we were driving to Chicago he's like yeah I have enough money to pay my bills live my life and when I want to do something like this I have money to you know do whatever I want and I'm like fuck that's perfect <laughs> you know I 
like I used to be like, I want the house on Lake Minnetonka. I want the Porsche. I want, you know, the, the Raptor. I want X, X, but nothing was about like, I want my kids to be like great students. Like it was none of that. Like now. And I think what I'm getting from the relationships I have now is like, what are my missing pieces are that kind of fell into place. Ooh, that's powerful. That. Well, thank you, Ray, for showing the world that tough guys can be vulnerable. I'm so happy you started your podcast. I can't wait to hear more from you and the people in your life because especially with what you just said, you are intentionally putting people in your path that either challenge you or help you grow. The fact that they're going to be on your podcast is really exciting. And even had his daughter on the other day. It was so cute. Um, so thank you so much. And the last thing that we do is end with a quote, your piece of gold. My piece of gold. I forgot about this one. <laughs> Ask for help. This is Gold Ivy signing off. Listen to your truth and go chase your gold.